Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. It just makes sense. That's what my mum, the queen of hospitality, said to me when I rang her this week and I told her I was preaching on hospitality. She said, tell them it just makes sense. And I said, mum, I can't just yell at them for an hour. It makes sense. I actually have to give them more than that. But when I sat with it for a couple of days, I realised she's right. Hospitality just makes sense. So today, we're going to explore why hospitality just makes sense. Now, my, I'm Jenny, by the way, if I haven't met you. Hi, welcome to church. Hey, um, so my mum and dad are, uh, my mum is an extrovert, loves being around people. My dad is an introvert, would much rather stay at home on his computer, um, taking it apart or whatever he does. Um, my husband is an introvert and I am an extrovert. So it turns out, it is true, you do marry your uh, other half, your parent. So what I would like to do as an extrovert is to have my house open six nights a week. I'd love to have people over, everyone over. But I'm just looking at Joy, she's like freaking out at that. At that. And you know what? Mike is the same, Joy. He, ha- he is wise enough to know that having my house and people in it probably six nights a week might not be the smartest thing for me. But I have convinced my hu- husband that we should have an open door policy. And the open door policy means that when there is somebody in need, we will always have our door open for them. The likely, <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes it's Eric. Um, the <laughs> it's fine, we love it. The likelihood if you rock up to my house at 5 p.m. in the evening is that I'll invite you in for a meal to try and stretch my meal of whatever I've got to feed whoever's there. Because I actually believe that as Christians, we're called to live with an open door policy in our lives. And I'm going to get into that a bit tonight. I grew up with this though. This was modeled to be by my parents. They had an open door policy within their home and it just became something normal. I didn't realize that we were doing it till Mike said, hang on, how come we just have people over all the time and how can we just kind of invite people into us? But I thought, oh, I just thought that was something that everybody did. I thought that was just normal. And when I became an adult, I realised, and as Mike told me about that, I started to realise why we do this. I was never taught it. My parents never sat down and taught me why we welcome people into our homes and why we open up our homes. It was just normal. Now, I don't know what comes into your mind when I say the word hospitality. Perhaps it's a long table full of food, surrounded by beautiful friends and family, or toasting marshmallows on the fire. Don't actually do that one, it's summer right now. But I don't know what comes to your mind. But maybe fear comes to your mind. When you think of hospitality, you think of the thought of someone coming into your home when you haven't cleaned the bathroom, which actually happened to me about a week ago. And I had to write to that person and apologize because that bathroom was not something that any guest should have been in. In the Bible though, we see lots of different versions of hospitality. 
And today we're going to focus in on two. But if we look, the actual word hospitality is used by almost every New Testament writer in the scriptures. Hospitality is demonstrated in Luke 5 in the house of Levi, Matthew 8 with Peter and his mother-in-law, Matthew 26 as Jesus is anointed in Bethany, Luke 10 in the home of Mary and Martha, Luke 19 as we read in in the house of Zacchaeus, and Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. You get the idea, right? Jesus did hospitality, and he actually did hospitality really well. Now, I think we have Pinterest to blame for a lot of things around hospitality going wrong, because Pinterest has told me that if I don't have a beautiful couch with matching cushions, that I probably shouldn't invite someone into my home. Well, unfortunately, I have failed Pinterest um, as many times as I failed baking cakes. But... Because of um, Instagram, because of this life that we, you know, Pinterest life, all the things that we see, which are absolutely beautiful, and um, if you have a Pinterest home, good on you, I would probably like to come visit you. But because of that, it's, it's made hospitality more than what it actually has to be. And we have become afraid of it, or we've become tired by it. So today, I want to give us three points that show us how Jesus taught us to do hospitality. Because if Jesus teaches us to do something, we know that it's good, right? And that we shouldn't fear it. So number one, Jesus came to show us how to give hospitality to others. Now, our missional, one of our missional goals is welcoming people home. Um, Jazz was very excited because she thought I was going to sit on the couch. I'm not. It's just there for decorations. It's to make it feel like a home. But I thought when we set up, when we had one of our missional goals is welcoming people home, that that meant welcoming people into the church, right? Or welcoming people into the kingdom of God. And it's not, not that, but it's not just that. Welcoming people home means welcoming people into our lives. Into more than, it's more than just, hey, how are you going? It's becoming somebody who when you talk to someone, you go, how can I invite that person? How can I walk with that person within my already established life? How can I bring them into my life where they can simply be in my life? Now, I know you're going to answer the question, how do I have the time for this? Because I've got a busy life, inviting someone into my life. What does that mean? Well, I think we've got to find less specific times in our calendars to invite people over. I actually think we've got to uh, invite them simply just into our world, into what we're already doing. That's part of what hospitality actually is. Whether you're at home eating pizza, watching TV, invite them into that. Or whether you're going over to get takeaway after church, invite people into that. It's all forms of hospitality and it's all valid forms of hospitality. It doesn't have to be something super special. You don't have to have a three-course meal. Um, We're not trying to make more time for them in our lives. We're inviting them in to what we're already a part of. That's welcoming people home. We don't um, need bigger walls, our world says, and if you drive around Prospect, you'll see much bigger fences. As Louis Giglio says, we need longer tables. When I moved into Prospect, God 
blessed us with a beautiful home to rent in Prospect. And my sister blessed us with a really large table. And um, I remember seeing it and thinking, it was so much bigger than the one we had when we were in Valley View. And, um, and I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, this is awesome. I can have more people around my table. And uh, one of my besties, Jess, she, when she renovated her home, she bought a massive table, and she purposely bought this table because she wanted to have more room for people around her table. She said if the Lord blessed her with a big house, that she should open it up to those in need and those that might need a meal. And I think that's one of the reasons we're um, friends, Jess. One of the other reasons we're friends is that we don't particularly keep a really tidy house. Uh, <laughs> now... Since Jess has been living with her mother, it is extremely tidy. <laughs> but I knew her before that. <laughs> and she doesn't, she, but the thing about Jess is she doesn't need her house to be perfect to welcome you into it. What she wants is a home where you can kick your shoes off, put your feet on the couch, and you can call it home. That's what we need more of within our world. And I'd rather have that home than a perfectly smick leather couches, although, you know, that would be quite nice too. Those things are not bad. They're beautiful and lovely. They're okay. But we've just got to um, embrace some of the things around hospitality that have become abnormal. We need to relax about hospitality a little bit. And I think as we explore the scriptures and start to unpack how God sees hospitality, we can start to see how that's applicable for us. Do you know, God created the first home. When he created Adam and Eve, he create, created the Garden of Eden, and it was beautiful. Imagine the beautiful trees and the, the, food, the glorious food that they could pick of almost all of the trees. Think about you know, the relationship they had with each other, the relationship they had with God. And when Eve went and ate that piece of fruit off the tree that she wasn't meant to, she suddenly realised that she was naked. And uh, so they created fig leaves, and God's like, oh, no, that's not good enough for my, my people. Let me create clothes for you to wear, to be comfortable, to live out uh, the life that I'm, I'm giving you. He actually says, um, in the scriptures, he says, he gives them skin and then clothes. But if you want to delve into that, I'd encourage you to go and do your research about it because it's really interesting. I, did, I don't have time to unpack that, but it's a really interesting uh, theology to unpack. But what he was doing from day one is he was setting up a way for us to follow in his footsteps with hospitality. He's showing us what it can look like. And in the scriptures that we read earlier, we can see two different kinds of hospitality. Let's look at Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Now, I don't particularly love people's feet, sorry. Um, I don't particularly want to wash your feet. But in biblical days, those feet would have been disgusting because they would walk everywhere. It was their main form of transportation. So they would walk on, and there wasn't sealed roads like we have now, dusty roads that they would walk upon. And so their feet were really dirty. It's not something that you particularly want to wash. Now, when I talk about them walking far distances, I don't mean as much as I walk because that's not a lot. They would have walked kilometres and kilometres and kilometres daily. I reckon more Ks than Tom ran in December. <laughs> you can ask Tom about that later. So washing someone's feet was not something that a master would have done. It was a job of a servant. What Jesus did by washing his disciples' feet was not meant to suggest that they were equal. On the contrary, Jesus clearly states that he is Lord in John 13. 
His action completely overturned the idea that, of what godly leadership looks like. It reset the concept of servanthood. It changed it from something that was degrading and shameful into a mutual expression of love and respect. What a beautiful thing that Jesus did when he washed his disciples' feet for us. Jesus shows us that if we want to become more like him, we must first become the servant. If we want to show love to others, we must be willing to put ourselves aside and to show true hospitality. I believe hospitality is showing love and sacrificial care for people. Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples to show them that only he could make them clean. For our friends and our family and those that we love, only Jesus washes them clean. But they need to see us living out the gospel to, our, to start to understand that truth about how Jesus washes them clean. And we can live out the gospel by doing hospitality in God-focused ways. You know, these men were Jesus' best friends. He walked with them. He lived with them. He loved them. And Jesus had an open door policy to his life. There's a scripture that talks about where someone um, lifted their friends through the roof. And so I thought he kind of has an open roof policy too. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a dad joke. But he, but he lived out his whole life in an open way for us to learn and to grow from. Now, the world is very good at telling you how to do self-care, and I'm all for self-care. Um, a Sabbath is my form of self-care for me personally, time with the Father. And Jesus knew how to take time with the Father. But I think we've forgotten how to be the servant sometimes. There's a really great book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, and it's by Rosia Butterfield. I said that's wrong, but... I would highly recommend you to purchase this book and read this book because this is one of the best books on hospitality that I have ever read. I read it a couple of years ago. I've actually got it on my shelf to read again when I finish the current book that I'm reading so that I actually finish that because it's a good incentive. Um, but it's a fantastic book on hospitality. And what she, the way she calls hospitality is she calls it radically ordinary hospitality. I want to read you an, uh, a little bit from the book, and I'm going to use her words because there's no way I could say this better. Radically ordinary hospitality is this. Using your Christian home in daily ways that seek to make strangers neighbours and neighbours family of God. It brings glory to God, serves others, and lives out the gospel in word and deed. If you are prohibited from using your living space in this way, it counts if you support in some way households within your church that are doing it. The purpose of radically ordinary hospitality is to build focus, is to build, focus, deepen, and strengthen the family of God, pointing others towards Bible-believing local church and being earthly and spiritually good to everyone we know. Radically ordinary hospitality can we say that together? Radically ordinary hospitality. Radically ordinary hospitality sees people. It sees where our friends are at. And rather than waiting for them to invite us in, we invite them over to our place. 
Or maybe you take food around to their house. Radically ordinary hospitality doesn't wait till our house looks like a Pinterest board. It welcomes people into our mess and into our lives. We are called to open up our homes and we need to do that with our friends and with those who are not connected in, people that are on the fringes. What does it look like for you to do radically ordinary hospitality? What would it look like for you to live out the gospel in word and deed outside these four walls? Brings me to point two. Jesus came to show us how to receive hospitality from others. This brings us to our second teaching text. Jesus is so bold that he invites himself over to a stranger's place. And not just any stranger, the chief tax collector, the person that other people would have been afraid to have in their home. He, now, I just want you to catch something really quickly. He invited himself over to this guy's house, this stranger he didn't know or didn't know, probably didn't know very well. He invited himself over to that person's house. Now, as a pastor, it is my job to make sure that I emulate Jesus, that I look like Jesus. So I was thinking that maybe I could invite myself over to Troy's house. Are you doing anything tonight? Why don't I come over for dinner? I mean, I'm trying to be like Jesus, so it's what the Bible says, so I feel like I should come over for dinner. I could bring some wine and dessert and we could hang out. Yep, Jeannie's, Jeannie's happy. Actually, Jeannie, Jeannie, will you cook for me? <laughs> Yay, she said yes. Jeannie's actually a really great cook, so that is poss possibly one of the reasons I picked her. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, it is a bit funny, isn't it? It's a bit strange for me to invite myself over to someone's house. But Jesus does this, because radically ordinary hospitality is a little bit strange. It's actually a little bit outside of the box. It actually takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone in an absolutely beautiful way. What would it look like for you to invite someone over to your house? Maybe don't do it from on stage where they actually can't say no in front of everybody. What would it look like to invite, someone, to invite yourself over to someone's home and to be the best house guest? To bring food with you, to do the dishes, or to simply have conversations where people felt valued and cared for. Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house and all the people are cheering. No, they're not. In verse 7, it says, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. Friends, not everybody is going to like how you do ordinary hospitality. They might not even uh, agree with who you've invited into your space. It might not make them feel comfortable. But there is a purpose between radically ordinary hospitality. It's actually something we're called to do and we're shown by Jesus to do. When we sit down with strangers, we allow strangers to become neighbours and neighbours the family of God. I picked these two different Bible stories because I think we're either usually good at one or good at the other, right? And I don't mean that, like, there's these two stories, so they're both very valid forms of hospitality. But I just think as, as people, we're usually good at one or the other. We're either good with strangers, we don't really want people to go deep necessarily, so we're more happy to kind of just have like easy conversations with people. And so probably more likely to invite someone who walks into the church for the first time over for dinner. That's great. Awesome. 
Or perhaps for us, having our friends over is easier. We enjoy going deep and we think, you know what, actually it's just easier to have my friends over. That's awesome. Do that. But we need to do both. And the question I want to ask you tonight is when you think about the last couple of times you've had people over, not just the first time, like last time, because that's not very fair, but let's think about the last couple of times you had people over. Have you always had your friends over? Have you invited anybody else into your space that you don't know very well, that, you know, is maybe on the fringes of church, that is maybe new to the space? Have you invited them into your home? And when you start to think about who you've invited over, you'll probably see which camp you probably lie in a little bit more. And that's okay, but let's be challenged today to go, actually, I need to do what Jesus did, which is to actually invite both of those people into my world. If we want to be the church that God is calling us to, we have to learn to do both. Within a church, there are always people who know each other really well. And there are always people who are new and trying to find their place. One of the reasons we started family dinners is because there are people in this church and around this church who hardly know anyone. And they need a space they could go to meet people and have a conversation about their lives and their family and their workplaces and a conversation about Jesus. We get so caught up in doing things within the church, and that's important, but we forget that we are the church. We are the body of Christ, his bride. We are about to um, start a church plant, which I'm very excited about. And as they begin um, gathering their team and getting to know each other, you guys are going to get really close. And it's such a beautiful time in church planting. I remember it very well. Um, but if, if the church plant is not careful that when they develop those deep relationships or when someone new comes in, if they don't welcome them in, they're going to get stagnant and not grow. So part of their job as a new church plant is to go, hey, how do we create spaces where people can continue to enter into those deep relationships that we have built uh, with our core team, with our launch team? And if you're here and you're building Prospect, we're going to have to create new circles here in Prospect. We're going to have to open up our circles for both sites. We're going to need to welcome in new people to our church like new family. If you are new, I want to encourage you to head along to a family dinner. Mike mentioned before that we're going to have people over. Don't bring food. I'll cook for you. It's fine. Just come. If you, and you're kind of going to go, well, who's new? If you're feeling like you're new, if you're feeling like you're not connected and you don't really know people, just come. It's all good. I will um, find something that I can make in enlarge and we'll have dinner. It's going to be great. But we want to find ways to help you connect in. And one of those ways is through those kind of options, but it's also through serving within the local church. Our beautiful sister Elsa told me a story and she said, I could share it with you. She is beautiful. Um, but a, a while ago, she was struggling to find her place here at Encounter. She'd been here for a while and um, she was struggling to feel like she was really connected. And she told her auntie this and she said, auntie, what do I do um, in this space? And her auntie said, well, what you need to do is you need to be the one to go up and start saying hello to people. You need to talk to them. You need to pray for them. Um, and that's something that Tim's going to talk about next week, so I'm not going to cover that today. You need to pray for them. And then you need to start serving on teams so you can connect with people. And so Elsa um, did that. She started to, to serve on teams. She started to go up to people and be the first person to kind of say hello. And she started to pray for you all. You won't even know that, that she's praying for you, but she is. And because of that, 
She has developed deep friendships here and she has people that she loves and that lo- loves her as well. And then she brought her, one of her, her housemates to this church and she has now become a beautiful member of our, of our community. It took Elsa stepping out of her comfort zone and doing her own version of hospitality to see that breakthrough. The Christian life involves more than just believing. It also includes belonging. Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens in the saints and members of God's household. I hear people say all the time, when I have my own house, then I'll invite people around. Well, Jesus showed us that you don't have to wait until you have your own home. You can then simply invite yourself over or invite someone out for a coffee. If you're a young adult and you're living at home with your parents, tell your parents you want to, have, you want to do radically ordinary hospitality because that would be a great conversation starter anyway. And I want to invite my friends over and I'm sure if you're going to cook for them, they'll be okay with that. Um, my friend Flick, she said that she's been shown hospitality when people would help her unpack furniture. Doing something together is a form of radical hospitality. It doesn't have to be a three-course meal. You can buy a pizza and a bottle of Coke and take it to someone's house for less than $20 if you go to Domino's. <laughs> Seriously, I was, we, were broken, we were broke students when we were at college, right? And so we, but we had this open-door policy. So I had to learn very quickly how to make pasta for a lot of people really, really cheap. And it works. You can. There's not a lot of meat in it. Um, <laughs> we need a champion radical, ordinary hospitality. Last year, I stood up at our AGM and in front of our whole church, I said that I don't want anybody to come and ask me how someone's going or where someone is if they're not at church because I wanted you to actually find out where people are, to actually get to know and to love people well rather than relying on necessarily me to do that. And I said it with um, hesitation and, and reluctancy. Would people get mad at me? for saying something like this? Or would they disagree with me and just simply say no? But a year later, I'm pretty proud to say that almost never does someone come up to me and ask me where someone is, but often someone comes up to me and says, have you heard about what this person's going through? How can we help them? I've got this idea. Is this okay to do to help them where they're at? I love that. I love that as a church we've decided to hold on to this radically ordinary hospitality well. I love when I see you guys hanging out together, doing park runs and dinners, or park walk as Joy and I did this week, (laughs) or parties, hanging out together, doing things that I'm not invited to. I'm almost 40, so I'm actually cool with that now. (laughs) 21, Jenny would have felt like she was missing out. 40-year-old Jenny's like, I'm cool. Anyway. Everyone over 40 gets it. Okay, if we are going to help people belong, we have to invite them into our everyday lives. And we have to care enough about hospitality to make spaces to make it a priority. Friends, if loneliness is an epidemic, we have the answer in Christian hospitality. Keys, you can come on up. Number three, Jesus came to give us the ultimate hospitality. In Luke 19, which was read before, verse 10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
I think hospitality many times is actually evangelism disguised as love. In Sam Chan's book, How to Talk About Jesus, he says the way to share the gospel is with coffee, dinner, gospel. Because hospitality breaks down the walls to share the gospel. Now my sermon's not on hospitality, so I won't take somebody else's thunder. But when we do hospitality right, people see Jesus within us. People get to start to ask questions about why we do this radically ordinary hospitality. And then you're able to open up doors for you to speak about the loving power of Jesus Christ, which is what we're all called to do. I remember thinking in my old house in Valley View, I kept wondering if we had a neon sign above it that said, free food and help here. Because we would have random people knock on our door at random hours of the day and night, people we had never met before, just asking for help. We would have women who had gone through domestic violence. We had women that came to our home that were bleeding, literally asking for help. I don't know why they knocked on our door. But when they knocked on our door, I didn't hide and pull the blind down and pretend like I wasn't here. I opened it up and just gave them radically ordinary hospitality. Sometimes it was a glass of water to sober them up, or it was a, a meal, or it was a Band-Aid. It was something. And it didn't have to be anything special. It was just what I had of Jesus Christ within me, sharing that with the stranger who becomes a neighbour, who becomes family. Now I'm grateful that God trusted me enough with those hurting people. And I pray that He never stops giving me a heart to see people welcomed. And my prayer is that He gives you a heart to see people welcomed into your lives, into your homes, into the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus' whole family was saved because Jesus invited himself over and he shows him the truth of who he is. He doesn't just serve him a meal, although that's special. He actually tells him who he is. He shares the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus, with Zacchaeus and his whole family. And they're all saved. Friends, heaven has an open door policy. We are all welcomed into the kingdom of God if we simply invite Jesus into our lives. Jesus loved us so much that he said, all you need is me. Come to me and I will make a way for you. Friends, if heaven has an open door policy, then maybe we should too. We must make welcoming people home, not just something written on the wall back here, but something that we are known for at Encounter Church and beyond. Remember, we are called to welcome the stranger, turning neighbours into the family of God. And this is our year for you, the people of God, to invite others into your life. Maybe you're having four people over for dinner and you can just up it by one and find somebody that's not very connected in that you could invite into your home. 
I want to give you that challenge because the Hebrew scriptures say that you, will, you, you may not even know that you're entertaining angels. We're actually challenged in scripture over and over and over again to invite people into our lives and to walk with people and to share the gospel with them. Showing hospitality is needed here at Encounter and it's going to be really needed within this next season. So I encourage you to start to do this. Give people permission to come over and see you, even in all your mess. That, my friends, is radically ordinary hospitality. Why? Because it just makes sense. Radically ordinary hospitality just makes sense. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.